sorry, listeners, George has uh, just stuffed half a banana bread in his gob. So are you ready for the preamble, George? <laughs> it's very dry. It's very dry. Hang on a minute. I just have to swallow it. In your own time, George, let's get the listeners. <laughs> Hurry up and wait, please. It's all right. Listeners will be with you in. You ready? Welcome, <laughs> welcome everybody to another episode of Float Your Boat. You are Brett Pattinson, and I'm George Sabados, and we're so glad to hear hear from you again. Or we're, we're not hearing from we're you. We're so glad to hear we're, from you. I'm, I'm actually glad to see you. Thank you, not, George. But I'm, not to hear you. I'm so glad to see that you haven't got vertical stripes on. <laughs> Horizontal stripes. So before we before we get into this uh, this episode, but you I'd did like to wear thank, the, you did like wear thank, your uh, tablecloth. Today. My mum is very upset that I left a hole in her tablecloth. This shirt. Jeez, it must be a bloody big tablecloth. Brad, <laughs> 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 oh, really? Do you have to? No, I, I don't have to, but I will. <laughs> this is all going in, mate. You're not going to use this. Yes, I am. Shall I start again? Go on, start again. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Float Your Boat. I'm George Sabados and... I'm Brett Pattinson. Brett, I'm so happy to be back with you. Thank you, George. Holding hands. It's, it's great. Luckily, no one can see that. It's great to see you. It's, it's probably hard to miss you. I, but oh, you have. <laughs> well, you're very huggable too. I used. To, I could see the sun for a while, and then you walked across. And thanks very much. So, Brett, we have a very interesting lady who's coming from the Antarctic. She's coming from the cold. She, she has. Right, right. Yes. She's even looking like she's come from the Antarctic. She, she, she does, mm. really. Her name's uh, Marlon Frick. Mm. She makes a habit of, um, you know, like having her snappies taken next to walruses and so she'll be right in good company. With you, <laughs> yeah. And I'm worried because she, she saves whales and stuff and, you know, what <laughs> yeah, happened well, to you last time you were down the beach? Yeah, Greenpeace tried to back push in. you back out. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Only my speedos, everyone. But truly, uh, Marlon is a true activist, isn't isn't she? She certainly is. I mean, she spent her whole life, in fact, from as far back as she can remember, she was saving the planet, saving animals. She was. So she's, uh, uh, Marlon, she's the cat's mother, isn't it? I shouldn't say she. Uh, Marlon um, has been on the Sea Shepherd um, many times, Mm -hmm. um, spent a lot of time in the Antarctic. She uh, looks after our sharks. Mm-hmm. She's uh, done some work with the polar bears. She's actually rarely done any time with human beings, from the sound <laughs> of it. No, and she's a teacher. She's she's a teacher of environmental and sustainability. Is that right? Is that what she does? Well, you managed to pronounce that properly. Yes. Yes. That is right. Sustainability. That is right. So uh, let's stop gabbering on and let's uh, get Marlon in. Let's do that. I was 
Welcome to the Float Your Boat podcast about how everyday people created their road to success. The highs, the lows, pitfalls and potholes and how they overcame it all. And now, here are your hosts. I hope you have a a good sense of humour because, you know... George, will you shut up? We're on the air now. Are we we on the air? Hi, hi, Marlon. Hi, nice to meet you. I, sorry to be so rude to George, but sometimes you have to because his wife calls him have a chat. Marlon, <laughs> Marlon, welcome, welcome. It's good, to, so it's good to, to meet you and, and um, tell me about that, that wonderful shirt you're, you're wearing. It says uh, save the sharks, dance on the beach, boycott plastic and protect the reef. I didn't say that last bit, did I? No. No, that's fine. <laughs> what's, that all, what's that all about? Um, it's just some really good um, messages that I like to have through to everyone in the world and how important those issues are, like how important sharks are for the oceans, keeping the oceans clean, healthy, plastic, what we can do to improve the oceans and all marine life, dancing on the beach because it's cool, enjoy yourself and protect the reef because it's under threat. So Marlon, let's go back to the start. Mm -hmm. Where were you born? I was born in a tiny village in southern Sweden called Glumslöv. It's easy for you to say. <laughs> yeah. George, can you say that? Glumslöv. Oh, very good. Yes. Yeah. Well done, George. Yeah, I have a Swedish cousin-in-law. <clears throat> So, uh, brothers and sisters? Yep, I've got a younger sister, Sophia, who's six years younger than I am. And does she live in Australia now? No, I'm the only Swede in my whole family that lives here in Australia. Okay. I so, mean, yeah. the, the, it may seem obvious, but how did a Swede end up in Australia? Um, I actually, I, I got a teaching degree from uni in Sweden, and after that I wanted to work internationally and I picked an English-speaking country where I wanted to do a master's degree and I ended up in Sydney to do my studies and after that I got a job offer and I've been here ever since. Oh, it's great. Mm. Great. But you've taken an unusual segue um, away from teaching, yes? I am still teaching. So I do environmental education and learning and support, but um, I do have a lot of side projects as well and I yeah my passion is definitely saving this planet we're going to talk a little bit more about all those side projects but and and (laughs) and and actually what motivated you to um you know get into that field of saving the planet Mm -hmm. I mean presumably when you were young you just wanted to be a teacher yes or did you always have a passion for doing socially conscious things? Um, Ever since I was a kid, I always loved animals. I was one of those girls, I didn't have a doll in my pram, I had a tiger. So, and I was all, I grew up by the beach. We do have beaches in Sweden, believe it or not. Yeah. You must have. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, so I was always hanging down by the beach. I was in the paddocks where there were sheep and cows and grew up with nature and around by nature and catching tadpoles, climbing the trees always been very much in love with nature. It's something, you know, Aussie kids do. They do a lot of that. But I can't imagine you, um, I mean, how did you uh, swim around in a very thick wetsuit or, um, you know, just in your swimmers? In my swimmers because we have uh, hot currents 
it's called the Gulf Stream and it goes all the way from Mexico all the way up to Sweden. So oh, really? in, yeah. So in summer the water gets like twenty five degrees. No way. Yes way. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. I thought you'd be swimming amongst the ice blocks. No, in winter maybe, but no, not in summer. Oh, I didn't know that. That's oh. great. Mm. So you so you did your master's degree mm-hmm. and you started teaching straight yes. away? Yes, I did. And you've been teaching ever since? Yes. But you've got all these other side projects which are multiple because when I was reading your short bio, it's filled with stuff. Yeah. So so how did, how did you get there? Like how did you – like did you have a – did you make a conscious decision? I'm going to, I'm going to do all these side projects because I want to help save the planet. Um, no, I did not uh, make a decision to do that. I have always had the interest. So, for example, one of the side projects is plastic pollution, and it just started with me seeing more and more plastic on the beaches where I live uh, because I live in Manly, uh, which is by the coast here. And I picked up plastic. People were asking what I was doing. And then with social media, I was like, well, maybe someone want to help out. And now we have a whole crew, so we do it every month. Just we, uh, just at Mount Manly or do you do... Oh, we uh, Northern Beaches because so, I'm quite busy with full-time job and sure. travelling around. So for, so for people that don't know out there, Manly is on the north side of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Yes. Um, you need a passport to get there. Because our, we have listeners from all over the world, the world now. Yes, we do. And sometimes yep. we're talking in interviews about, mm. you know, such and such and such and such. And I often think, well, they'll, the person will be thinking, well, what the hell do they mean by Manly? Or yep. so, so Manly and some of the other beaches along yeah. from there? Northern beaches. So all the beaches, all Sydney beaches north of Harbour Bridge. And you said you've got a crew now? Yep. We're called the Northern Beaches Cleanup Crew. <laughs> And we do a clean-up the last Sunday of every month at 10 a.m. And we're about 40, sometimes 50, wow. 60 people coming. New That's people, a- old people, <coughs> kids to retired people, a lot of different That's people. That's fantastic. So you've been doing it for a while uh, yeah. with this group. Um, are you years. seeing Are you seeing less plastic ending up on the beaches from week to week or it's still continuing to rise? Sadly, it's still continuing. Um, part of... Why I'm doing it is educational because every before every cleanup, I talk to all the people what habits they can change. Because really, I can pick up, you can pick up rubbish every day on a beach for the rest of your life. It's not that much fun, really. So it's all about reducing mm-hmm. your own personal waste. Of course, we can log, lobby businesses, councils, cities, etc. But if uh, you take responsibility for yourself and you decide to buy uh, produce from a local market instead of something wrapped in plastic. You can go to a local supermarket and you can see avocados wrapped in plastic on a plastic tray. Don't talk about plastic. It's not fantastic because it never ever goes away. Or you can see avocados just loose. So you can make a decision, okay, I'll buy the loose ones. You can go to coffee shop and sit down or you can get a takeaway cup with a plastic lid 
or you can do the right thing. Not me, George. Yeah, I okay. can. Let's just point out that George has got a paper cup so, with a plastic lid and I've got my keep cup. So when, oh. I, when he went off to, um, you know, Hong Kong <laughs> to an expo to go and look at supplies of, of um, you know, sustainable product, he only brought home one of those. Hmm. You can buy them everywhere here, though. Boom, boom. <laughs> boom, boom. Down you go I, in I flames, George. And the paper cup got a plastic lining not to leak, so that will be around for a, about a thousand years. So, and you got two. <laughs> so as they say... Um, two. You got two, you lucky yeah. guy. <laughs> so as they say, every piece of plastic that's ever been created is still on the planet. Yeah, in one form or another. There are some countries that burn the plastic, but of course it's poison going up to the atmosphere. Countries, they cook instead of firewood, they burn plastic, which is very poisonous and makes people sick. So yeah, I would say every plastic ever made is still either in the atmosphere or around somewhere. It's an you alarming know. statistic, isn't it? Yeah. Marlon, um, you know, I mean, what, what uh, going, just, just trying to understand a little bit about you, yep. um, what made you so aware that something needed to be done? Like what was your calling from a little girl? What did you feel that you needed to do? Um, well, first of all, I think it's my love for animals that I've always had. I was one of those kids who... Um, you know, took a little snail that was out in the road and carried it to the other side on rainy days. Uh, I wasn't allowed to have any pets until I was so older, so I had a pet worm called Lisa. <laughs> one uh, worm. One worm who survived winter in Sweden under the ice in a little bucket that I cared for. So she was outside. So ever since I can remember, I always liked animals and I can see how they are being affected with everything what's happening on this planet. Anything from, you know, what we eat. Uh, some people do eat, eat animals. Uh, we got shark finning, we got whales being hunted, we got factory farming, we got plastic pollution as well that are affecting when people throw rubbish in nature or the ocean. So everything what we do, like I mentioned before, affects everything. And I, I, for some reason, I've always loved animals ever since I was little. So that was my number one priority, I guess, why I started to become more and more passionate because my eyes were open quite early as a child. Um, I didn't eat meat because I had that early connection with, you know, the pigs are very cute or the cows are very cute. Uh, which is quite unusual. And as a kid, I started to subscribe to Animal Liberation newspaper in Sweden, which was definitely not suitable for children. So I, I was too scared to read it because I had these gruesome pictures of factory farms. But then I forced my mum to still pay for it because I wanted to support the organisation. And my parents are nothing like me, so... I don't really know who inspired me. I did watch a lot of nature documentaries as a child, so that probably kicked in even more love for nature and animals. I'm very passionate about ocean conservation. I also have, like we spoke about before, side projects. I do, I'm very passionate about um, orangutans and, and um, palm oil because mm. it's very devastating for the planet. And palm oil is a product which in many countries is actually labelled as vegetable oil yeah. or veggie oil. And it's really bad for you to eat. It's, um, 
87% saturated fat, but it cuts down the lungs of a planet, the rainforest in Indonesia, Malaysia, whereas the oil palm tree originates from Western Africa. But it's uh, oil that is in such a demand to make products cheap. And it can be anything from washing powders, toothpaste, um, cookies, ice cream, mm. anything. Yeah. I mean, is it an oil that's, that, I mean, it's 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 saturated, but it also has trans fats. Yeah. Is that right? So yes. it's not, I mean, that's been medically proven to cause issues. Yes. Uh, but it's still growing in demand. Yes, because businesses want to sell cheap products and many people want to have cheap products. I believe um, unless something really big is being done, about 50 orangutans die every week. Most people care or have some kind of relationship to an orangutan because we share 97% of our DNA with them. And 60,000 of them being killed in the last few years. They were on the list from uh, endangered to critically endangered. And all of that is due to the palm oil industry. <coughs> and most of them are found on the island of Borneo, is that right? It's a there, yeah, there are two species of orangutans. Mm-hmm. One is the Sumatran orangutan and the other one is a Borneo orangutan. So they're two different subspecies. And both are suffering incredibly. Both suffering, yeah. So... You you said that it's uh, the big companies wanting to make cheaper and cheaper products. Yeah. But really, that comes back to the demand for cheaper and cheaper products. So yes. really, the way to is you know we've got into this habit as a human race to want cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, which comes at a cost to the planet. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's it comes back to this apathy and convenience mm. that we've become as mm. a, as humans. We. And George and I often talk about this with our project with Clean Oceans is yeah. that, um, you know, it, it's apathy and convenience that, that is stopping us from solving the problem, really. I believe that every person can change the world. And um, I work as an environmental educator in schools and I have, in a city, Sydney is a big city, and I have kids asking me, like, what can I do about saving whales or the pandas or anything? There's so many things you can do, even though you don't go there, because some think in the head, oh, I need to do a fundraiser, I need to get money to do it. But by you making the right consumer choices, or as a child saying, no, I don't want a plastic straw in my drink, uh, in the olden days, and sometimes, sadly, even today, schools used to punish students by make, sending them out on a playground and pick up rubbish. I don't know if anyone of you picked up rubbish on the mm. playground, but today I'm doing reversed, and I say, if you pick up rubbish on the playground, look how many animals you're saving by doing it. Mm. So they are super excited, and then they're like, oh, now I've saved 27 island, uh, animals because I picked up seven, 27 pieces of rubbish. And I was like, no, it's actually more because that plastic will break down to pieces. So you've probably saved a few hundred or not thousand animals mm. by picking it up. So I'm trying to always see things positive, what you can do. You know, it, it can be fun picking up rubbish. You are saving so many animals. It's a great thing to do. It's a win-win. Win-win. Win-win-win. <laughs> Buy products with no palm oil, you know, make a choice. You can change that. So listeners, just remember, if you like Float Your Boat, go and review us on whichever app you're using at the moment, whether it be 
on your Android or your iPhone. Yes. And be sure to review, uh, find the review tag. And yep. click on that and write a nice review. Or, yes. And subscribe. Yes. Because all of that goes into pushing us up the rankings a little bit more so we can spread the love of Float Your Boat out there to the real world. And apart from all that, we really would appreciate it. We would. We appreciate all of that stuff. And, and if you've got somebody that you think would be great for us to interview, um, email us at fybpodcast at gmail.com. Terrific. Thank you. So tell me, uh, Marlon, how's your, um, do you get seasick? Uh, no, I don't, which is lucky because I, where I work, I go on a ferry every day as well. Oh, you, you can't <laughs> ferry. Yeah, you, you, also like to, you also like to take trips on, big ship, on a big ship. So yes. tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I've been on two fairly big ships. Uh, one was up in the Arctic mm. where I was part of uh, a research team uh, learning more about polar bears and their habits. And I've also done another trip, not a particular big ship, but a sea shepherd ship down in Antarctica to try and stop the illegal whaling. So the illegal whaling by the Japanese, I take it? Yeah, it's a Japanese government that go down to hunt whales. They say it's for scientific mm. purpose. Mm. However, it has been proven in the International Court of Justice that it's not science. They had the same hypothesis for several years. Mm. No results came out of it. Mm. They were asked by the International Court of Justice to review their scientific program. They did, so they didn't go down one year. After now, they're still going down and killing whales, and they have rewritten the scientific program. Sadly, no one is down in Antarctica to stop them. Antarctica is a protected area for whales. It's an international whale sanctuary, and um, they feel very safe going down there to hunt for whales because no one is there to patrol the area except for Sea Shepherd, who I was down there with. Sadly, we don't have enough fun to go down to Antarctica anymore, but we have a lot of other important campaigns around the world as well. So, I mean, where, where does the money come from to um, float a ship? I mean, it's, it's a big ship. It's not a small one. And it presumably costs a lot of money. Yeah, it costs a, a lot of money to have a ship going. Um, I was on the ship down in Antarctica for three or four months and never once stepped on land. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely not seasick. But um, it's just by donation. We have no government support at all. So it's other people who are passionate. Um, you, may, you may be interested in saving whales, but you don't have time of, to go down four months to live on a ship in Antarctica trying to stop it. So that way you make a choice by donating some money or you may donate some food for the crew on the ship. So anything is good, but we don't get any government funding at all. And what, um, is that Greenpeace? Uh, sea Shepherd. That's sea Shepherd. And Sea Shepherd is an organisation that was founded in 1977 by Paul Watson. And mm -hmm. Paul Watson was one of the co-founders for Greenpeace that was founded in 1974. So they are linked right. and many people get them mixed up, but they're two different organisations. So Marlon... Um, I've noticed because I live up uh, at the lighthouse at Vaucluse over the last few years, I see a lot of whales. Good. And a lot of people see a lot of whales. Yeah. 
Is it getting better? Yes, it is getting better. This season, uh, we are expecting 66,000 whales to migrate past Australia. Wow. That's so, that's good. so yeah. that number's increased a lot yes. since. The, yet their numbers are increasing. Their number has increased mainly because a lot of countries made whaling illegal. So that's the number one reason. So more and more, we have an international whaling commission that do a great voice for the animals. And there's only a few countries in the world now, and Japan being one of them, Japan, Norway, Iceland. Also Denmark, because the Faroe Islands, it's a little island that area that belongs to Denmark, they kill pilot whales. So they are the countries that basically kill whales. Surely it can't be economic. Uh, it can't be economical to, to um, you know, hunt whales. I mean, they just... I mean, why would you want to do it in the first place? Well, Japan is definitely not financially stable. They have a lot of whale meat in the freezers, but mm. they still decide to go down. That's right. They haven't made profits for quite a few years. So why do they still do it? Um, some say it's tradition. Some say it's something to do with pride. I'm not too sure why they're still doing it, to so, be honest. So the, the, like whales and dolphins are like the pin-up boys or the pin-up girls of the ocean, right? So everybody yes. loves dolphins and whales, but this problem is affecting all marine life, mm. right, right across the board. So do you, when you were in Antarctic, did you see that effect as well or is, it, is the Antarctic sort of pro, still protected predominantly and we see it? Because I, yeah. I always think we're lucky in Australia our oceans haven't been decimated as much as, say, you, you know, in Europe, like you said, when you went to Greece. There's, everything's dead. There's nothing there. Mm. So how do we get that message across to Australians, um, you know, that it is bad and the plastic problem is our problem, not, you know, people think the plastic problem is coming from Indonesia or other countries mm. and it's not happening here because we're... Well, um, the plastic problem is everyone's problem and you can find plastic in Antarctica and even in the Arctic in areas where people don't live because plastic moves with the ocean currents and the winds. Um, There is something called the Coriolis effect, which is how the wind system on the planet turned by the equator and the north and south pole. So... You can drop a piece of rubbish here from like a chocolate wrapper or anything here and the currents will take it. You can follow it. There's a a website online, but you can follow. I can't remember the name of it. But you can track it down, how it moves from Australia to Africa to to Asia and end up in Europe or by the poles. So what you drop here affects everywhere. So, yes, we can find stuff in Australia from Indonesia, America, Hawaii – because it's everyone's problem. It's mm. everyone's problem. You can't say my local area is clean, I'm keeping it clean. There will still be rubbish coming in there from other areas of the world. I guess that's just the argument from uh, politicians and, you know, they've got to try and make a, a bad picture look pretty yeah. or better. So they argue this this um, constantly. I guess it's good that there's people like you that are out there, you know, telling people the truth, mm. you know. And speaking of, um, you know, telling people the truth, I mean, 
you you were talking, Brett, about the uh, you know the dolphins and the uh, whales being the pin-up girls and boys of the the, the marine world. I think p- possibly the most maligned um, species would have to be sharks. Yes, um, probably. What, what's what's going on there with sharks? Uh, I love sharks. They are absolutely amazing. They are the ones that are keeping the oceans healthy. So they eat the dead fish and they eat the old fish. If we didn't have sharks, we wouldn't have clean oceans. If we didn't have clean oceans, we wouldn't have a clean atmosphere because of the water cycle, we wouldn't have a clean world. Sharks are super important. Sadly, um, they are being hunted. They get stuck as bycatch in these big nets and trawlers, but um, there's a demand as well for shark fin soup. Uh, even if some countries don't really sell much of shark fin soup, they do export uh, the fins. Like here in Australia, for example, what they do, they catch the sharks. Some sharks are protected in some states and territories, others are not. So there are different rules where in Australia you are. In Australia, it's illegal to catch a shark, chop the fins off and throw the body back in the water. So what Australians do, they catch sharks chop off a fin, sell the fin for an expensive price at the fish markets and sell the body cheap. So the most common fish in fish and chips is shark, but it's renamed flake. Hmm. So if you see flake in restaurants, or most people, I guess, I assume, don't even ask, yes, I want to have fish and chips. They don't even ask what kind of fish it is. But uh, sharks being an apex predator their bodies are quite full of mercury as well because sadly we've got mercury problems as well with the, in the ocean. So it's not healthy for you to eat sharks and we are killing the ones that are keeping the whole ocean's ecosystem healthy. And every year they, between 79 million and 100 million sharks are being killed worldwide. But it's a number that it's so big. It's about... That's staggering. Yeah, it's between 12,000 and 13,000 sharks an hour killed constantly. Surely wow. they can't breed that fast. No, they, um, they mature at an older age. Mm. So many of them are juvenile sharks being killed. So the population are constantly declining. There are some species of shark that we lost with like between 90 98%. And how will they... And a species can't recover when it, when it collapses that yeah. much. How will it recover again? With a constant demand for fishing and shark fin soup and fish and chips. I mean, look, I mean, it seems like, I mean, we're, we're the most, you know, destructive species on the planet. But, but how do we, even if we were all to change tomorrow, what would we change to? It's a, it seems like we're being assailed with problems on every front. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't live on air alone. No. Uh, so the question is, w- w- what is it that we can do to immediately stop the kind of uh, damage that we're doing to the planet? I mean, it, it seems sometimes overwhelming. Yeah, it, of course. Does it appear that way to you? At times, but you can make, like I said, you can change the world. You can decide when you go to a restaurant not to support the restaurant selling shark fin soups. If you eat fish, you can decide not to buy flake. When you go shopping, you can avoid products containing palm oil to a certain extent because it's in so many products. When you go shopping for produce, you can go and buy the ones that are not wrapped in plastic. 
you can bring your own shopping bag with you rather than getting a plastic bag. You can give yourself a break in life and sit down in a coffee shop rather than being on the run, having a takeaway coffee. You can say no to a plastic straw. Do you really need it? There are lots of little things that you can do to change the world and it will have a ripple effect. It will affect everything. So Marlon, how do you get how do you get your message out? Like, how, it seems like such a big job that you're doing, you know, sharks and you know, like how do you how do you get it out there? I mean, like you, were, uh, I'm I'm quite surprised that you've got forty or fifty people helping you at Manly because that's quite a big number compared to a lot of the organisations mm-hmm. that are trying to clean beaches, etc. How do you do that? Like, where do you where do you fit the time in? Um, well, I use social media, uh, which has been really great to get messages out. Uh, whenever I meet people uh, who want to help, I try to help them so they can help. So it's the ripple effect. Mm. Um, if I help one person, I can help another person. Eventually, we reach a hundred, a thousand. So, like, yeah, you can definitely change the world by just being friendly, helpful. Not being uh, a put-down person, just say, oh, I see you got this cup, but you got that other one. Do you know how this affects? Maybe you can change that. And just be happy for every little habit that people are starting to do. And I have a friend saying, oh, I stopped using plastic bags. And I said, great. And just be happy Mm. about that little change that they've made. Mm. And be really encouraging at all times. Because people like praise. Yeah, We do. Of course. <laughs> Good boy, George. Yeah, thanks. With your thanks. paper, with it's your about, double walled paper. Yeah, time. he didn't take three. Praising he only me. took two. So, hey, that's <laughs> oh, it. I'll take three tomorrow. Okay. No, I'll take three. <laughs> <laughs> <See>? yeah. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll, I promise, I promise Scouts Honor that tomorrow it's all over. No more paper cups. I know better than that. I'm sure you do. So, so Marlon, what's next? What's next for you? What's what, it, it, you just this, you know like stick with these projects, or have you got other things secretly in the background? Well, there? if it's a secret, I can't tell you. Okay, can I? so yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, just education. I believe in um, people can't make positive changes if they don't know what options there are. So I do believe education is very very important. Uh, just little things like I just said about the plastic straws for say no to the plastic straws bring your own bag bring your own cup or give yourself a break sitting down Uh, when it comes to the sharks when you get a fish and chips ask what kind of fish is it in my fish and chips Um, whaling you can't do much about that on your own level but except for educating other people around it and they're becoming more and aware and may send emails to the government because the Australian government is currently allowing the Japanese whalers to go through our waters to Antarctica. If the Japanese government said, hey, you don't have permission to go down through our waters with your whaling ship, well, how are they going to get down there then? Mm. You know. So there's a lot of things you can do, absolutely, so many things. Lots of questions, but unfortunately, we're limited by time. So I, I know I can see that you you could you could talk all day about the various projects that mm-hmm. you've undertaken in the past and what you plan to do. Uh, we certainly we certainly want to encourage our listeners to s- somehow 
get in touch with you. So how, how, how would be the best way for them to contact you and find out what you're doing to educate people about, you know, stopping a lot of these problems from growing? Yep. Um, the easiest way is to uh, go on my website. It's called wildaware.com. One word, wildaware. And um, they can send me emails. There's some information there. Wildaware is also on Instagram and on Facebook. Great. Marlon, did I ask you to uh, give us a favourite song? Because we always finish our episodes with, a, with our guest's song. I did. And please, not a Swedish folk dance song. Oh, bugger, that's what I picked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Benny, Benny from ABBA is now recording all the ancient or the old Swedish folk the songs. Viking songs. Yeah, because they're disappearing, right? So that's he's spending his life doing that and I heard a few and I thought, oh. Uh, and he's recording Swedish bird sounds as well. Because they're disappearing too? Sadly, yes. Is that like wow. your project um, recording Greek goat herding sounds, George? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. There are many different sounds that the goat makes. <laughs> Depending on the situation. <laughs> Let's not go there, George. Yeah. So, Marlon, what... Actually, before we go, yep. Marlon, your name, what does it mean? I mean, um, is it because it, it's pronounced like the the? the it's pronounced like a marlin um, fish, yeah. and it's spelled without an R. Um, but because it's a Swedish name, Swedish origin, I googled it, and if there, there are little answers coming up, right. uh, one of them is little warrior, and I kind of like that because I'm quite a small person mm. as well. And you are definitely a warrior, <laughs> trying to be like a positive warrior, mm. not a negative one. And some said it's an abbreviation from Magdalena a long time ago, but it's a very, very Swedish name. Whenever mm. you meet a Marlin, you know they're definitely from Sweden. Right. Yeah. Song. Uh, Follow the Sun by Xavier Rudd, who's an Australian wonderful, singer. Wonderful song. Mm. Wonderful performer as well. Yeah, great at didgeridoo as well. Marlon, thanks so much for coming in. We, we really you, appreciate Marlon. you coming you. all the way from Manly. Yeah, over the bridge. Over the bridge. Mm -hmm. Didn't have to show my passport. I don't think I've been over the well, bridge. Well, she's sweating. Before. I can tell. She's a bit nervous being this side of the bridge, but you know that's okay. that's fine. She's <laughs> she's travelled a long way to be here. So um, yeah, thank, thank thanks you. a lot. Thank thanks you. for having me. Thank, thank you. you so much. Set your intentions, dream.
Okay, we from Float Your Boat would like to thank you listeners for uh, listening in, but we also like to thank our crew, wouldn't we, Brett? We would, our crew. Our crew being me, being you, you. and Donovan Jenks. Donnie Darko, also known as Darko. So usually they say edited by and produced by and our team of people. Well, they're not that refined and we don't have a team. Well, we do have a team, but it's a very small team of multi-skilled people and that's just... Dark, really. It's just he's Donovan tea, Jenks. Tea lady. He's the tea lady. <laughs> he's the producer. He's the editor. He's the sound man. He's everything. He is. He's and, and he makes us look good, doesn't he? And he's just starting out in the sound mm. business um, and uh, he's, he's exceptionally talented. Thank you, Dark. Thanks, thanks Donnie.